drop 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 these your body 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 Ah, he wants to go off road Are you going to shoot that shot when you get the lane? Yo, he was right on my ass, man. Too wide open. Who wrote this? I did. Ask him if he got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? What's up, man? About to catch a fade, huh? sure how uh how we start this show anymore but anyway welcome <laughs> this is, uh we're just a bunch of dudes that uh talk about movies and uh sometimes we get real with it and uh we got a got a, a bunch it's a gaggle of dudes here talking about a sick movie uh yeah i don't even know how to start this thing off but i loved loved this movie had such a good time uh i guess we'll get some quick like uh spoiler free reviews Jerry and Blaze, we were, uh, I heard you speaking a little bit before the show, uh, and you, you seem like you had a good time with it. Uh, initial reactions, what do you think about the Suicide Squad? Absolutely loved it, man. Uh, might be my best, or not my best, my favorite uh, DC superhero film so far. So I absolutely loved it. Yeah, there, there's something interesting about this movie where, like, you watch superhero movies and it's like, this is cool, this is fun, this is nerdy. But this movie just caught you off the bat and you're like, ah, I'm so into this. I don't even know what's happening anymore. And you almost like, it's almost just so reactionary. Um, but yeah, did, did you like the first Suicide Squad or I guess like the, the one that was five years ago? Uh, yeah, I liked it at the time. I thought it was decent. Um, this was way better, though, by far. Yeah. Yeah, but at I could. Time, you know, it was a decent first Suicide Squad movie, I guess. Yeah, no, I completely agree, uh, Michael. Now uh, I know that you don't like a lot of movies, which is good because I also don't like a lot of movies, and uh, I don't really know how you feel about most superhero movies. But what what was your like uh, going into this? What were you expecting? Um, I'm not a fan of most superhero movies, especially these Marvel movies lately. Um, they're, they're all like the same thing. Um, there's one Marvel franchise that has gotten me hooked and it's guardians of the galaxy. Um, I have a feeling that James Gunn has a big part in why I like this movie so much. Um, my top three favorite superhero movies are, uh, Super, Guardians of the Galaxy, and this. Like, nice. I, I, yeah, I I think James Gunn is the only one who can make a 
a good superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's so, like, refreshing, and it, it's weird how new, but also, like, novelistic everything feels the way he does it. I I, I had such a cool time with this. Dan, uh, DL Smokes, how's it going there, friend? <laughs> uh, did we watch the same movie? I think I yes. have to be the villain today. <laughs> Someone didn't like it. Thank God. Yeah, good. I was I was hoping this is gonna be like a like a runaway. So, uh, all right. So, what's up, DL Smokes? You did not like Suicide Squad. I mean, the action was pretty cool. Uh, they had a few funny funny moments, but for the most part, uh, besides Harley Quinn, the characters were garbage. I mean, does any of these gar any of these characters actually exist? Like, is Starro a real DC villain? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's why DC just went right into the right into the ground because this wow. was polka Did dot not, man. Oh. Are you serious? Polka you. dot yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously these are the Suicide Squad. These are the people that the comic books want to die just uh, just to watch them die. Uh, wow. Did not have a good time. Like, uh, did you think that like it was too long? Did you think like so you're just watching it and you're like, ah, this is some bullshit. Like what? <laughs> like it was. They had the first team that this com com completely wiped out, and I'm like, who are these people? I have no idea who these people are. So they're the decoys, apparently. So and then. They just get blown all to hell, and then we got another. We got another like troop going in on the fucking north side over there, and trying to fl outflank everything. And they have no idea what's going on either. So I don't know. Bombs going off, and they don't know what's going on. That just, just seems weird. Diversions, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, that, that, that wasn't that wasn't a bomb. That was the helicopter that was blowing up from the other yeah. side. But yeah, uh, yeah. What was that, Michael? My absolute favorite part of this movie is how we how we meet this original squad and then you know they get sent to this beach and you think that they're gonna you know you think that they're the ones who are gonna get through and then they all just get destroyed and then you meet the real squad like that was a brilliant piece of movie making also i also disagree with dan um the character the characterization of these characters there is something that James Gunn, I don't know what he does with his actors, but he gets actors like Peter Capaldi and uh, uh, Viola Davis and Idris Elba, like these serious actors to take seriously the stupidest shit you've ever seen. Like this, this man has nodules coming out of his head and he is acting like he is in a fucking Shakespearean movie and it, it, it and it works because these people are taking this stupid movie so seriously yeah now Dylan what did you expect going into this I had moderate expectations I have the sick fascination with that first Suicide Squad movie where it's like watching a train crash in real time where I'm like oh they're trying something and it is not landing and it does not land the entire runtime of that film. And then I go into this and I'm like, it's going to be good because I like James Gunn and DC characters at this point. I think Marvel is so polished that DC characters are starting in the good ones like yeah. this and Shazam to be more interesting than a lot of the Marvel characters. And it does that start where it starts with a savant in his cell. I'm like, cool, establishing character bit. And then immediately this is what the Suicide Squad is. This is where you're going. 
team A is sacrificed so team B can get to the beach. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, I'm in. And I'm really glad, I am sincerely glad that Dan does not like this movie because I am, I'm not going to be able to be the villain on this one. I had a fantastic time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I also am not going to be able to be the villain, which I'm not super comfortable with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just before we get started, uh, the when they're introducing this this team, and I see Pete Davidson's stupid face, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to watch Pete Davidson for two hours. And Don't, then he gets his entire face blown off. Yeah, he doesn't have like, that face for long. Yes! <laughs> I, was, I was in from there, from the time you see Pete Davidson's entire face get blown off. Yeah, I, I was hoping he, Pete Davidson had a bigger role in the movie, to be honest with you. He's like the decoy to get his face blown off. I'm a Pete no. Davidson fan. The dude's funny as hell. So. Yeah. No, he's not. He's, he's funny. horrible. <laughs> no, I'm, he's, he's I'm, funny. I'm glad this movie has teeth. That's something that I'm really missing from the modern Marvel movies, including Black Widow. It was my biggest uh, criticism of Black Widow, is that you're dealing with these issues that you could really have something to say. And Black Widow has a lot of stuff kind of behind the curtain. But it's really just spectacle. And this one actually has some actual stuff it's trying to say while also not being afraid to blow people's faces off in the first five minutes of the movie. And that yeah. continues yeah. throughout. Like I was really impressed. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. did not it didn't shy away from uh killing uh ca like character characters and the deaths of those characters had weight. Like not just the ones in the beginning, but like Every time somebody actually died, it was like, oh, I can't believe they did that. And they did not shy away from this R rating. This thing is violent. Yeah. It, there's like cursing and it doesn't feel like it's unnecessary. Like it's unnecessary, but it also feels like kind of natural when Viola Davis and uh, no, 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 no. When Idris Alba and uh, his daughter are like, fuck you, no, fuck you, no, fuck you, like that felt real rather than, you know, just swearing for the sake of swearing. Yeah, I agree. Like, Will Smith I, saying bye to his daughter at breakfast in like a hat and a long coat. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it, it is odd, uh, uh, Mr. Smokes over there, that you think that these characters don't exist because one of the things that I felt coming out of the movie, I was like, it's so interesting how they gave these stupid characters actual depth and arc, and almost every single character I felt actually takes a, an arc. You know, John Cena's character, we understand everything about him. Uh, he even gets a point where you're like, I, I almost understand what your problem, you know, is, and then even, you know, the, 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 the post-credit, and Idris Elba, I think, is one of the most amazing characters, and he takes a great arc, not only learning to be a, a leader, to work with a team, but also being able to interact with somebody that is, you know, his daughter's age to grow you know, his daughter. Then, you know, you have the rat catcher too, which had absolutely with, for no reason at all, a beautiful backstory where, Taika, where Taika Watiti is a heroin user who understands how to work with rats because they're unseen and, and undetected and like, you know, overlooked. I, I thought everything about even Harley had a bit of an arc and, uh, you know, boomerang who's a jerk. And like, once he dies, it's like, okay, now no one's safe here. I understand. But, uh, so let, let's let, let's do some let's do some work here. Uh, if you don't know for whatever reason, we're talking about the Suicide Squad, which is uh, James Gunn, in my opinion, a a a, 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 a more modern 
masterpiece, but it just came out, uh, I guess, technically today or yesterday. Um, now, it is an American superhero film based on a DC comic team, Suicide Squad, produced by DC Films. Um, now, this is a standalone sequel, kind of, to the Suicide Squad from 2016, which they it was going to be a reboot, and then they decided to not reboot it to really just kind of make it a sequel, which is why Idris Elba's character seems a lot like Will Smith's character. Uh, he was supposed to, he was actually recast uh, to play Deadshot, but they thought maybe to give Will Smith a chance later on, let's make it a different character, and it, 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 it works. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Um, Michael Colby agreed to something. <laughs> uh, that's cool. You didn't um, need to put that up on screen. <laughs> uh, well, hey, we're, 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 we're all good here. Um, but yeah, so this is... This, it is what it is. <laughs> hey, you comment and it gets put up there. That's it. And we're going to talk about it. But um, so now this movie is is a culmination of characters. And let's start talking about some of these characters. Uh, Jerry, who is, in your opinion, the breakout character? When you got done with this movie, you're like, ah, that was it. Um, I, I guess the, uh, the rat catcher, is that the rat catcher number two? Yeah. I think, I think probably that character was the, that her story arc and everything kind of stole the show. I knew nothing about that character. So everything about that was like, just kind of really, really good. Um, and then she kind of had like a relationship with everybody, if that makes sense. Like she, she was cool with the shark. She was cool with, she was like the daughter figure to Idris Elba. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like her small character touched the entire movie. So I have to go with her. Yeah, I agree. I feel that she is the heart of this movie. She's the one that connects with everybody because, you know, if, if you look at how even society is, like it, drug users and drug dealers are, are seen as the worst of the worst. They're the lowest of the low. They're scumbags. And you, you look at somebody that's a heroin user, you know, and to see them taking such a beautiful uh, path, I think that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, Michael, who is your standout character here? Um, uh, I'm also on Team Ratcatcher, uh, but I was also surprised at how, like, they took a dumb character from the '60s, like Polka Dot Man, and like gave him that interesting backstory with his mother. And I don't know, like, I know that Polka Dot Man is an actual character from the comics, but I. I don't think I ever read anything with him in it, but like his, the, the whole thing with his mother. And then every time like they showed his point of view, you know, when Starro looked like his mother, you know, like when everybody looked like his mother, it was very like, it, it was interesting to see them making such a, an interesting backstory about a nobody character. And yeah. James Gunn is great at doing that. Cause he does that with all the guardians of the galaxy as well. Like, that was a nothing team that you you thought, you know, who's going to go and see this movie and then turned it into like a brilliant, like cult, cult classic movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, Jerry, uh, Ratcatcher 2 was created for the movie. Uh, Ratcatcher, the guy, uh, like uh, Michael said, is a 1960s villain where they just are able to manipulate rats uh, and they do it to steal stuff. And it's a very boring one-dimensional character. And in this, it just it gets so like evolved and it gets so many layers put onto it. And Polka Dot Man, you know, when he originated, like his his specialty was he had these these 
intergalactic polka dots that could turn into things. Some were mostly vehicles. Uh, but then to give it that his mom wanted him to be a superhero and infected him with an intergalactic disease, which is something that I've never seen before. When he's walking like down that thing and he has those like light up bubbles, I'm like, what? I, I honestly cannot understand what's happening here. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Smokes. Now, uh, Harley Quinn, you said earlier, was your favorite character. Was that was that the one that you said, okay, at least this is good. This was a good one to me. Yeah, she was the pretty much the saving grace of the of the movie. Besides yeah. Adris Adele, or Adele was Adris, is whatever his name's character. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Whatever that guy's he, name is, yeah. Yeah, Idris yeah. is, is a gorgeous man. I think he did a great job. And and it's really interesting to see uh how James Gunn can get such great like emotions and really good acting out of these characters. You know, like you you you've seen Idris Elba and other things and it's and it's good. <laughs> Soyaside squad. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like it's like uh like Asian Asian food. Uh, you just get your son. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Zach looks like a less handsome Michael Colby. I've actually heard that. I've heard that before uh, because I can make my phone talk, and you text that to me a lot. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, uh, yeah. which one? Which one of these characters stood out to you? You know, I like Ratcatcher. I like Polka Dot Man, but I got to throw it out to the Street Shark himself, Nanawe. Um, I'm shocked that it looked as consistently good as it seemed to look. And I saw it, you know, we saw it in theater. So mm-hmm. and we were really close to the screen. So, okay. Okay. Next time you get the tickets. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but we were really close to the screen. So I had a good look at the CGI and I'm like, you know, this looks pretty good for an all CGI character who is regularly shown with no obscuring weather or shadow or other yeah. particle stuff on screen. There's a lot of clear shots of King shark. And I'm like, Every time he's on screen doing something like tearing a man in half with his bare hands, I oh, that was awesome. One hundred percent there for it. Man, what a great post for that would have been. Uh, yeah. And you're right. Like when they get the close-ups, you can see that beautiful shark skin and and how yeah. glossy and beautiful his eyes are. And the weird thing is, like I, I know a lot of people are going to say that he's the breakout character, and he was fun. But I will say, out of all the characters in this movie, if you just pluck his character out, nothing changes whatsoever. He actually serves zero purpose. Um, he, but he was wow. He was what a great character. He was like sort of the comic relief of the yeah Northern, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that was also important because these those other characters were pretty heavy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, after, if, if after, we didn't have him, it, it wouldn't have been quite so lighthearted. I agree, but after rewatching it this time, like you know, Viola Davis at one point says, "You need King Shark to get into uh, Jotunheim," and I'm like, "Why?" Like I, on the rewatch, I'm like, "They don't. They actually don't. They don't know. They need, yeah. they need they uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, so okay, so let's let's start the beginning here. So the movie opens on Savant, which is a brand new character um, to to us, the, the the viewer. It's a cinematic first, and uh, quickly you get the idea that this guy is a marksman uh he's got x's all over the walls different colors which he knows all the angles they can do all the cool stuff uh savant is a character from the comics and he's a pretty boring character um but we just hop right into suicide squad pretty quickly you understand that nobody here really has a choice in what they're doing they just kind of grab him uh put the detonator in his head and just you know ship him off to flag and that's where we get uh like jerry said you get that first uh suicide squad team which you think is the team that you're going to follow because you get boomerang you get harley uh you get pete davidson big name you get <laughs> uh nathan fillion who is uh tdk which was amazingly weird later on uh you awesome. get the week you get the 
the weasel, which is the weirdest character that I've ever seen. And uh, the creator is actually based this. If you, if you know uh, Bloom County, those old comics, uh, he's based on Bill the Cat. Uh, that's oh, why he looks and acts that like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Now the weasel's a very weird character. He's actually uh, in in the comics. He's a, a college student who dresses up as a weasel uh, and then kills other college students that make fun of him for being such a nerd. Uh, and you take all these weird characters like the javelin and uh, uh, who else in him? Uh, uh, Mongal, which <laughs> which is weird. And you just have this collection of characters. And uh, Dylan and I, we were in the theaters together, and like when they did the pan around, it's like okay, that one's gonna die. That one's gonna die. That. that now that you know, Boomerang might survive. Harley's obviously going to survive, and uh, Kinnaman's going to survive. Or they're all going to die. But man, once they like, <laughs> just immediately the back of that uh, the plane opens up, and they just do two in the water, and quickly. Uh, weasel starts drowning and you're like wait, I, wait what, what's happening here what's happening here and that's when yeah. you get a lot of the behind the scenes of the people in the office and they're like you know they're betting on people and they're like ah oh, we didn't <laughs> do our research and uh that was great uh jerry what did you think of that behind the the, the, the comments that the, the office people were making when they were like making fun of mongal they're like uh <laughs> they're like is she a god or is she an alien <laughs> like you can obviously see like the government betting on criminals that have to do something like this right yeah i mean i figured they're just a bunch of bored people that sit there in front of these computers probably 16 hours a day doing this so it's like what else are we gonna do i mean it is the suicide <laughs> squad somebody is going to die you know let's yeah. let's it, I, I figure it's just a, a way to make light of all the death they're just constantly surrounded with. Yeah. And, and and like Dylan said, there's a couple things that this movie tries to touch on and I think does a pretty good job. But one of them is really just how expendable a lot of human lives are to different governments based on what they think is important to that specific government at the time. Um, so we, we're on the beach now and things are just crazy and then you get pete davidson he stands up and he's like hey it's, it's me i'm the one who sold you guys out that's cool and then that's when you get really the first bit of crazy violence and uh dl smokes now you see pete davidson's face blow off what what are you thinking about the rest of this uh this movie just lost a reel that's what i thought that's exactly what went through my mind when pete okay. davidson died this movie just lost a reel yeah <laughs> so, so pretty much one by one all the people that are on this beach just really just hammer down and go down uh viola davis who is a wicked actor and uh and and her character is absolutely disgusting in this movie she's like oh, i'm man. sorry get back in there it doesn't matter get back in there mm -hmm. and they all die I'm now dude she is she, yeah I said, uh, she's my, I said she's michael colby-esque <laughs> yes. Yes. that's true she's like i don't she give a is. shit get in there and podcast yeah get in there yeah do what you gotta do and but uh, like uh there was a moment during this scene right before michael rooker died where i thought i was like afraid because i was like oh fuck this is gonna be like michael rooker's like you know his like dream or his like hallucination of what's going to happen and then we're gonna get something different and then when it goes to the real one that we're following i was like yes i was like and only the only one who has the balls to do something like that is is uh james gunn the, there's no other like superhero movie director and writer that would have 
done this thing like get people like pete davidson and and uh nathan fillion and all of these like big name actors to become these characters for you know five minutes of a movie before they get absolutely destroyed like yeah and putting harley in with that team was a stroke of brilliance because you're like well of course this is the team we're going to follow this is the team with harley in it Yep, but he did. He did a brilliant job of of subverting what 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 our expectations were. Now, Jarian, we we get the idea that that uh, Viola Davis sent all these people to this side of the beach to just get them slaughtered, you know, as a distraction. But to me, it was odd because you know Joel Kinnaman's character, Rick Flag, is on that team, and he's the only actual like uh, military man. Did, did you think that he was sent there to die? No, I didn't really get that either. I just I figured she just figured uh, Flack will be okay. You know yeah. what I mean? He'll, yeah. he'll he'll just he'll be okay. Somehow somehow he'll be. I don't see why she would risk her, her pretty much her number one and only asset. Well, but go ahead. Dylan. I mean, I took it I took it as a uh, callback to the first one where he disobeys her and she can't deal with that. So she intentionally mm -hmm. and Harley's a liability. So she puts the two people who have both already betrayed her well three people because captain boomerang's in that first squad as well she puts all three people from the previous mission who all fought failed to follow her orders in the suicide squad like yeah, i think she i think like she her. was intended to get i think she meant to get flag killed yeah i mean if if these movies are connected at all pretty much you know uh, uh viola davis's character did kill off rick flag's love you know june moon from the last one so mm -hmm. i could see him maybe like kind of lashing out i don't know but uh so uh dl smokes now of, of, of all the deaths on that initial beach scene you have mongal ripping down a helicopter you have uh boomerang that being shredded that, that was very cool. You get Boomerang <laughs> shredded by a bunch of splinters and then blown up. You get the Javelin who literally does nothing and gets shot, uh, which I was like, oh, man, I want to see him do one thing with a Javelin. <laughs> something, uh, yeah, something. Yeah. But what, what was what was the coolest death to you in that, in that initial uh, beach scene? Uh, obviously, it was the, the helicopter. That was the, when she just jumped on it and then it just lost control. And she's like, oh, shit, and then she burned alive. That was that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And like it, stupidly it, hilarious, but yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I like to it's see that in nope. sequels. I like to see characters return. Like I saw Harley Quinn and Boomerang, and I like to see those guys like return and like you know make it to the end. So when I, all those people died, I'm just like, no, no. Yeah. I was I was sincerely <laughs> bummed out when Boomerang dies. It's the only yeah, Jai role I've ever liked, and I'm like, <laughs> cool, he's back, and he kills some people in a cool way, and then he gets rocked really yeah. hard with the splinters yeah. and the helicopter yeah 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 uh and, and yeah, yeah this is a call this is a call back to john osterman's original comic where like they would just put any stupid villain that they wanted onto this team to die and then they would reboot the, that character again once the next like comic series rebooted so it's kind of a, a weird way and also the creator of uh suicide squad was in this movie he's that older doctor that that puts the bomb in the back of savant's head uh that is the creator of the suicide squad john osterman um which is uh, cool i guess um okay so uh so everyone dies on that initial beach thing and that's when we get the reveal that there is a, a north beach there is a team too and this is before before we go there they they do the best like my favorite movie kind of death is when the helicopter comes down 
and then you see the guy and he's just standing there staring and then like the top of his head slides off <laughs> oh yeah i love that <laughs> yeah. and that was a nobody soldier but i thought that yeah. was the best death in that scene i agree and that actually that if you look on imdb that character has like the coolest name and it's like head slice uh marine or something like sounds like oh cool i, I know exactly who that is um <laughs> so yeah so we get over there and that's when we meet our actual team which is uh king shark which i knew is dylan's favorite uh rat catcher 2 which is a great team uh team member yeah and you, and you have uh idris elba and uh who else on the initial team um polka dot man and i guess that's it right oh oh the peacemaker now <laughs> that's crazy Tina is so good in this movie <laughs> i tell you man he is so fast with his like with his retorts and and the way that he sells his lines like i i'm i think that he's gonna be this guy who tries to go after these these really big movies later on and trying to go for oscars because like i bought his character a hundred percent and he like he sold it i was in yeah, he. I, I think one of the things going back to the CGI on this, the CGI is very cartoony, but I think it works in this because they also do the very cartoony uh, costumes for the humans. Like they have the colorful like comic book costumes and Starro and uh, King Shark both do look cartoony, but also like textured and, and realistic ish. Yeah. But still cartoony, but it works because, like, especially um, like that original team and and uh, Peacemaker especially have has like a very comic book like accurate, bright, colorful, stupid looking yeah. <laughs> costume on. Uh, so this the, the the team two, uh, which is the movie team, uh, they hit the beach. There's no bad guys because obviously all, all the uh, people are on the other side of the beach killing the initial team. And uh, that's when we kind of understand who some of these characters are, like Peacemaker and Bloodsport. And they have like their rivalry because uh, toxic masculinity, I guess. Uh, and also Peacemaker just needs to be uh, courageous and, and American. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys know this, but he actually has a spinoff show that is coming out, I think, in January. He get he has an eight-episode, his own series called The Peacemaker, uh, written by uh, James Gunn. And James Gunn, I think, did uh, the first two episodes. He directed the first two episodes and directed the last two episodes. So the whole like Peacemaker idea was uh, it's going to get extended off, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, is it going to be John Cena playing it or no? Yep. Yeah. On oh, HBO Max. Cool. Yeah, HBO That's Max. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's very cool. Um, so the the team goes through and and they just they slaughter everyone doing the most uh, egregious styles of killing. And the thing is, like the, the the killing and the violence is so like amplified, but it never really gets old because it's kind of always different. You know, like they go through flamethrowers and and slingshots, and uh, John Cena has the the blow dart thing, and then the axe. Like, dude, when he does that thing on the guy sleeping, I was like, oh my god, that was so crazy. And then like Bloodsport, when he like shoots that one fan that falls into the tub and electrocutes yeah. that guy, like I was like, this is this is so cool the way that he's doing this. And and I will say the one thing about this movie that I thought was even more interesting was the like kind of the, the screen swipes where they would give you like you know uh eight minutes earlier or, or three days earlier but it was all part of the scenery and you know james gunn has a cool way of making his soundtrack 
part of what the characters hear. So we hear the same songs the characters hear, and then it alters so that it goes from being, you know, an emotional uh, uh, note to being like, oh, this is now part of the story. Now he started doing that with the visual cues. And I thought that was so interesting. Like, you know, how the Water Brothers thing came out from Savant's, you know, blood. And uh, you, you get uh, Team Harley or whatever in, in the mm-hmm. roots when you see her earlier on. So after we get uh, those, those second squad, we find out that they have pretty much slaughtered all of the resistance, all of the rebellion. And uh, we actually needed them, <laughs> which is... Um- which is a- <laughs> So amazing good. amazing that reveal when when they're like oh these were the good guys and they just murdered all of them fucking amazing <laughs> yeah like we just watched the most craziest funniest way of killing off so many people and they were just all the good guys which yeah. is cool because you know the thing about the suicide squad it's it's a weird movie or, or even a story to tell because you got to find a way to make an an earth crushing situation where you don't need superheroes. You don't need good guys. So how do you find something that bad guys, A, have to do, but also B, want to do? And I think they did such a good job by making the government really the main bad guy because we, they, we have to do it. And the way they got every single person to get in there, I thought was filthy, but uh, uh, pretty crazy. So then we, we kind of get the idea of, of what the big thing is, Operation Starfish, uh, and then you get some of the scenes of this alien creature. Now, uh, Jared, I, when you when you saw when you saw Starro the first time, and when you got an idea of what this thing is, now uh, what what were you what were you thinking here? Uh, man, I gotta agree with my boy uh, DL. Uh, the starfish thing was kind of, that was a bit corny. <laughs> I, I, that's, if I could if I could complain about one thing, I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more vicious come out of that hole. <laughs> um, he looked he looked like he was um, an extra from the uh, SpongeBob live movie. Um, yeah, the, the it, funny it, thing it, is, when we left the theater, uh, there was there was a couple that, that was right before us, and they were complaining. She's like, "I didn't know we were seeing an R-rated SpongeBob movie." It's <laughs> like, "Oh, there, there I, you go." Then, <laughs> then you didn't read. Okay, yeah. Then you didn't read Justice League comics in the sixties uh, and the seventies because Starro was like, like he took over the Justice League. Like that was a huge arc where, where it's Starro and he's you know he has those starfish baby things on Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, like the Flash. Everybody is mind controlled. I don't think they did a good enough job showing off his mind control powers because it 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 was when when that whole army was like decimated and only the four of them survived without being scathed by his that that was taking a little bit away from that character but that is a powerful character in the comic books yeah and not only the comics also the cartoons like there was one of the original justice league cartoon uh where it's like superman's birthday and he pretty much has a starro on his head and they were trying to figure out what to give superman the man who has everything what do you give him and what sorrow does is one he like attracts himself to you uh attaches himself to you he actually they, they give you a different reality so your your body is happy uh so you just do whatever the thing is telling you so it's actually a pretty sad character and the way they wrap him up at the end too, because you know, nowadays with like Thanos and Kang and everybody else, you're like, you need a character. You need a bad guy that you can relate to. You need, uh, you need, uh, uh, who knew a Pokemon could become a justice. 
Dude, I tell you, as a, as a Pokemon, that is disgusting because a you have uh, you have just a slimy creature that all I know about starfish is they can regenerate. B, it's got a huge eyeball which creeps me out anyway because I can't touch my eyes. I don't like even looking at people contacts. Uh, B or C, you have this nasty weird butthole thing that has tentacles kind of flailing out of it. Uh, it, it screams out of its kneecaps, which is disgusting. Also, yeah, it out of its out of its babies out of its armpits. Horrible. <laughs> Not even oh, yeah. That was the worst part of that thing. Bit, bits of its own brain it shoots out of it, out of its armpit. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, this is filthy, but but that's crazy. And then you get the reveal at the end that like the starfish is like, look, I just wanted to float in space, dude. Like, ah, oh, that was <laughs> that's yeah, pretty bad. That was that was maybe the most effective like characterization of a character that they did in this was yeah. making Starro like fuck you. I was happy in space floating around, and you motherfuckers took me out of that and now i'm gonna fuck you all up and then you killed me fuck you yeah because <laughs> like i wanted to die but also like it's like ah oh, that was our fault so it was like a cloverfield yep. baby kind of feel um yep. uh D like, dl oh go ahead that's like it's like taking a unicorn and just like taking it and just like slowly slaughtering it <laughs> Wait, it's we'll like, do... hey, this is a rare little thing just being happy all by itself mm -hmm. let's capture it and Mm -hmm. Hey, hopefully the real world brings up legend, and then we can talk about slaughtering, <laughs> slaughtering unicorns. Um, but uh, so, okay, uh, DL smoked. Now we we meet the thinker, and this is played by uh, Peter Capaldi, who's a great actor, and he's the guy that has those vials and and lights electrodes out of his head. Okay, number one, do you think he was smart? And number two, oh. what do you think those things in his head did? I, I thought they were like batteries. I don't know, like some kind of like on a nuclear power batteries or something going on in his head. And he didn't seem smart at all. I'm like, he really didn't do anything like that was brilliant during the movie. It was just uh, get us in here. And he's like, okay. And that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. I, I, they didn't. I, he's also a mind control character in the comics. Um, and they also didn't do a good job with him. Uh, showing off what he does because I didn't even know he had a superpower. I was just thought yeah, he was really smart, but he really wasn't those, smart either. That's what those nodules do. They help him with his mind control. But um Yeah, they did they, they definitely did not evolve job. him at all. Yeah, because he's the one who sort of um masterminded the whole plot of making Starro the villain like his plot was and and they they sort of offhanded commented a lot of his story stuff they're like oh yeah you know they would have like one of the corpses with the star on their face like oh the th the things that he did to me or whatever like he violated me and he did whatever it, but he was behind that whole thing yeah um, now but, but they, they didn't they... really they didn't really do it well yeah, that, was, no. that was the one thing that they didn't do well <laughs> Yeah, they definitely did not uh, speak on what his powers were at all. I I, nope. I thought that he was like going to be some like calculating thinker, or that we were going to see what these things did. But it doesn't seem like he did anything whatsoever, except just kind of like, uh, sure, I'll, I'll walk you over here. And then it's like, ha ha! You guys thought that you didn't see my plan. It's like I don't. Yeah, I don't think you have a plan. Uh, but yeah, um, I so, think they would have uh, the little, you know, the the Starro guy. Like when he shot out the things and took over the army, they should have had like two minutes of them just slaughtering random people in the street just to like show that he could make them do whatever and whatever. Because the rats got off more than Sorrow did. <laughs> That's yeah. true. 
Dude, the I mean, rats, the rats, yeah, they the rats really did. The rats shine more than the big sorrow did. I mean, I'm sure his powers are way better than they showed. But I knew right then when they weren't showing it, I was like, ah, uh, yeah, they should have done a little bit more when he had it on the soldiers. He should have like, you know, when they he just marched them down the street. That was literally it. That's all they did while they're under my control. Yeah, and there, there's the ability of looking like uh, having like a very visual, scary thing when you have a bunch of people that have the same mind and they're all making the same movement. So they started doing that. I was like, oh, this is kind of creepy. But yeah, I, I agree completely. They really didn't like lean into that as much. But I guess they didn't want you to think that Starro was that bad. Um, yeah. I think that's maybe. I, I, I'm not really sure. If, um, if they would have, if they would have had Starro at like his full power when he when he took over Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, like that would have been too much in this movie for the Suicide Squad to have overcome. Yeah, okay. I agree. Uh, so that's when we, uh, so we're in the, we're in the Jotunheim now and uh, we, we're putting explosives everywhere. And uh, there's this, there's this weird little scene where King Shark uh, walks into an aquarium and he sees these little jellyfish. Adorable. Uh, yeah. I loved them. Dylan, what what were you thinking when this scene was going on? I'm like, man, James Gunn, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, King Shark's got to have something to do because King Shark is one of those characters where it's like the Hulk problem, where it's like, they're this strong, so how are we going to have an interesting story when one of these guys is going to be able to do the job all by himself? And they did that by having King Shark be kind of like sad and friendless, and like you see him crying like two or three times. Yeah. And so he, he meets up with some friends, and you're like, oh, cool. And then, you know, it turns out they're, like, alien. They're either alien or, like, super deep sea, but they're doing really well in, like, low pressure for being deep sea creatures. Yeah, but, I like, think they're aliens. I think they're aliens as well. But um, I was just like, this is going to turn into a James Gunn bit. I'm like, this isn't going to go nearly as well as people think it will. And then it didn't. Like, yeah, all yeah. Right. Yeah, I they was really... no purpose, really. Like, all they did was attach themselves to him one. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they, that they dropped his hit points for the final boss fight, but yeah. it wasn't enough. Not really. It, I mean, it, it, it went didn't, exactly it didn't show. how I it, it went exactly so I how only, I thought it was gonna go. So was I the only one thinking like after the cute things came up, like a megalodon was gonna come tap its head on there and we were gonna get like some one-on-one Hulk, like big wolf action Thor Ragnarok type yeah. thing? For, <laughs> well, uh, I, ex- I expected the like comment about Na- cool. Nanawe being descended yeah. from like a shark god i expected that to come back in some way at the end yeah. and i was kind of disappointed it didn't but you know yeah you know. especially when they said like earlier when i mentioned that they're like hey you need you need Nanawe to get into this jotunheim and i was i was curious like once i saw him walk into crayon i was like okay here's where we're going to see either he has a connection with uh, aquatic animals or something but no it was just kind of like a bit of like hey this guy's a goofball watch him <laughs> watch him mess up a little bit uh which <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I really wish they did something with uh, King Shark, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, it, all right, so oh, good. It was just pretty much faceplant after faceplant with with King Shark. King Shark. This is pretty much all it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, definitely just took some smashes. Yeah. Uh, even dude, even when like Bloodshot, Bloodsport was like shooting the crap out of him when he was going to like uh, eat rat catcher the, the the one night. I was like, dude, this guy can take some. He can take some blasts. Right. Cool. Uh, but oh, quick question I about that, that though. Was- I think that was to show because he did get shot a lot, and I think that that he never dies. Yeah, Yeah, building. I think a building fell on him, and he still didn't die. Yeah, that was to point out that um, you know when those things actually like sucked in and and punctured his skin. I think that was just maybe to show 
that those things were stronger than being adorable I mean, little fish yeah, ghost I, looking things? I guess, but like there's no point. Like they, they No, there was had, no they, point. They have these things in the Jotunheim and maybe the thinkers experimenting on these, but like they don't come back or they don't get an explanation. It's just a weird thing to happen. And I, I'm I was curious if like they do that just so in the commercials, King Shark has you know, uh, marks on him, and they go, "Oh, I guess it's a bad dude if King Shark can get hurt," which is weird. Um, hey, you were talking about when he was getting shot, so I just want to say something about the gun real quick. I had a, a Google alert on my phone go off, and it said that uh, Tony Stark was suing them over the nanotech copying <laughs> of the gun. So yeah. the um, helmet, the way the helmet yeah, kind of does the, just, the whole gun was all the whole gun dude. was like Tony Stark suit in in um what was it in game yeah. in game. Yeah, yeah. When he had like the shield and like the glasses and everything, because that gun was wild, dude. Like he just kept putting things like. Yeah, it was cool though. It was cool looking. Very cool. Uh, But I, I had a question for you guys. Uh, because when we meet Ratcatcher two, she's asleep in the in the jail, and uh, that that scene with uh, King Shark where she's held up and then gets dropped from at least four feet. Do you think Ratcatcher two is also on heroin? So she takes oh. an awfully lot of naps. Yeah, I that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> if she if she thinks if she thinks her dad is like a hero and he did that and he's in touch with his stuff, I think there's something about her also being like a user uh, in there, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. Um, the the one scene that I do want to talk about though, and I, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this, is the the Harley Quinn breaking out of her being uh, uh, detained slash. The, I guess her having a boyfriend for one hot night, uh, which was a very cool, cool scene. The, the way that ended was interesting. Um, yeah. But what do you guys think about Harley's uh, her, her little mini story where she meets and hooks up with a dude, uh, kills him, and then <laughs> they try to break her out? It was she almost out, happily ever after. Oh, go ahead, Dave. My bad. Yeah, it was almost happily ever after, and then he's just like. And anyone who defies the president is going to go over there. Women, children is going to get slaughtered. And she's like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it just kills him. That yeah. was a cool gun, though. <laughs> it's a long barrel gun. It, it's interesting to see revolver. the DC EU turn into Harley Quinn's character development series. Because this it, has been a through thread since the first appearance she had, where it's like, you know, she's with the Joker. We have her emancipated from the Joker. Now she knows what red flags to look out for, and she's still Harley Quinn. It's really interesting to see this kind of like progress through these movies because i never expected her to be the like heart of the dc movies mm-hmm. yeah and and she, she should be out, i mean good oh i was just gonna say when she broke out that part was my favorite part of the movie it reminded oh, yeah. me yeah. of uh, the punisher when he was fighting in the jail yeah. yeah down the hallway it was just very much like that i thought it was really good even when it got like kind of like lsd-ish <laughs> toward the end of the scene with the flowers and all that it was still cool you know it was still yeah. action yeah, and that, that's what I wanted out of the Birds of Prey movie and out of the other Suicide Squad because Harley is a badass, man. And mm-hmm. and, and, to, and to have her and, and to show off her skills and, and to display. No. Yeah, and, and then even to see the, the, the team try to plan on what to do, start putting that into action, and, and then she's like, what are you guys doing? That's, again, like a long... That's like a long-form character arc for her because... Like that's been going every movie that she's in. She has mm-hmm. a consistent storyline yeah. through everything that she's been in, and like I, I actually the 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 LSD thing that that Jerrion was talking about. I don't think that's like a drug thing. I think that's just how she sees 
the violence. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. seem that bad to her because she's just seeing flowers and birds coming out of right. these people as yeah. she's just absolutely murdering them. Well, not only that, but this is one of the first times you see Harley kind of stand up for herself and 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 hold a man accountable for some ill actions again. You know, in the other suicide spot, obviously we're like, yeah, dude, Joker sucks and your relationship's toxic. Uh, do something, you know, stop apologizing to him and get in there. And then Birds of Prey, they were they started it with it's like, hey, I'm yep. my own person. I, I'm not this guy's girlfriend. Whereas yep. this one, it's like she is not just reactionary. She's taking a first step. She goes, you're not a good person. I know this is going to be bad for me. You got to go. And then, yeah, that that weird uh, fight scene thing after that, I think that that was just a beautiful exploration of like, she is so happy <laughs> that she's doing this because she's she's standing up for herself. She's breaking out of that. I thought that was just interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really the best characterization of any character th- like through a series. Like Marvel doesn't do that either. They they kind of have their one you know the way that the characters are, and they never really grow. And you could definitely see it. I didn't see the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, because of how much I hate Jared Leto. I know he's not in it that much, but um, Birds of Prey, like you saw her grow as that character through that thing. And that was a continuation of her Birds of Prey growth, which I thought was so, so cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I honestly think that a lot of these people uh, had a really good emotional growth here. Um, Dylan, what what was like a standout part for you? Once this movie's over, when you look back, what, like what was like the part that you're like, oh man, that I want to see that scene again. It's I don't know if there's like a specific scene, but the way that the movie just carries its own momentum is really nice. Like they get joined up by Milton, and I know they eventually make a joke out of that, but when they're storming when they're storming Jotunheim and it shows them all lined up in their in their poster shot, Milton's off to the side, and I'm thinking to myself, huh, the guy from the truck is still there. And then he's there through the entire thing, and they make a big deal out of it when he dies. And I'm like, ah, James Gunn remembers what he wrote earlier in the script. Like, he remembers it, and he has the characters remember what happened. Yeah. And you get these, you know, you get those moments in movies otherwise that you kind of have this kind of show up, and it's never commented on. So it's nice to see this superhero movie kind of take its own route and kind of be internally consistent. Like, that's what I'm – it's not just spectacle – like yeah yeah no i i agree um but Surpri- to answer your question king shark ripping a man in half with his back <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> surprisingly my favorite scene of the whole movie is when it has nothing to do with action at all it's when idris alba and viola davis are arguing over like her sending his daughter to jail like the acting in that scene was so fucking intense by both of them i'm like this is incredible and then and then the shot in jotunheim where they do like the the trash and then they they pan over it and then you see that it's like antennas and stuff but it was all stuff that made uh, just like the cinematography in this movie is second to none like yeah what, what yeah, another thing that stood out to me was the camera work. Like, the way that James Gunn will kind of, like, follow a character, watch that character's doing, and then pan back to somebody else to get a reaction shot, uh, especially between uh, Peacemaker and Bloodsport, I thought was so, so uh, interesting. But uh, da- I, I, will, oh, I will say, I thought some of the camera work was a little too shaky for my taste. Like, there, there were some parts of the movie where it cut a lot, it moved a lot, and I'm like, just let it linger a little bit. 
Yeah. Like when the my favorite shot of the movie is the fight scene reflected in the helmet. Yeah, that, I thought that. Well, I kind of wanted it to last a little yeah. bit longer too, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my standout part is when Starro turned <laughs> turned and poked out the. It's dude, great. I it was agree. great. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was Dan. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, when it comes to Polka Dot Man's, you know, uh, a psychosis and his affliction, where he needs to see people as his mom to be able to do something bad. <laughs> when you think about that, and then you remember the scene where he's dancing around all of his moms. Uh, what? What? How would you feel about that? Uh, the scene where he's just like uh, I don't know, like grinding up on his mom when he's dancing. That was kind of disturbing. I'm like, dude, that's your mom. But, but the scene where he was actually killing his mom and she's like just going, oh, yeah. what? that was funny. And then actually when he had, when he finds out the, when he find out the polka dots actually do something and he, that's kind of cool. And you're like, oh, okay, this guy does kind of serve a purpose. And then he's dead. <laughs> yeah, when, so. when you a when you see him throw up all those polka dots the first night, you're like, I have no clue what's happening here. And it's then like, when you use like them, a pile of skittles behind there or something in the yeah, bush, did, yeah, there was a hole in the ground. Right? Was it a tunnel? Was it like just a, was it a puddle of just polka dots? I was curious, like what that looked like when he was walking away from it. <laughs> but then when you see him use it on that one guard tower, you're like, oh, this actually this goes through things. This is nuts. Mm. And then at the very end, when he you know uh, on leashes it all in starro uh, his mom and he's like i'm a superhero i was like oh my god even this stupid character has a bit of an arc and then slam it's like okay perfect absolutely Dead. perfect uh okay uh jerry now i have a problem with eyeballs touching eyes all this <laughs> stuff now the one of the ways they take down starro is harley runs with a javelin Pierces the middle eye, starts drowning in it as rats go in there and start eating out the eye tentacles. What was going through your brain? Because I swear to God, I was about to throw up on Dylan. <laughs> oh, I didn't have a problem with it, man. I thought it was kind of a cool way, and they let it linger for a little bit. I kind of like Dylan was saying. They definitely let that part linger. Like, you got to see the rats get in there and tear it up from the inside out, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, it was a cool oh. scene. I I, I like oh, her floating yeah. in the eyeball for a second, like yeah, as it was coming no. in and everything. I agree. I, I it was, was ready very... to throw up on Dylan too. <laughs> the whole time, yeah. like I was like, I've never <laughs> seen anything like this. This is so disgustingly uncomfortable, and her just like soaking in the eye fluids. And I was thinking, like, oh my god, if somehow something was inside of my eye, and like she's just like floating there, and then the rats are eating it and getting inside the veins. I'm like, and then when she gets out of it, she like climbs out like it's a jellyfish. I'm like, oh my god, uh, no, no, I no. It. the the blood's in there, and it's like sloshing ah! around. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call it high concept gore, but there's some high concept gore in this movie where it's like mm. I'm dealing with a giant starfish alien. What can I do to fuck this up? And it's Man. like turns out rats in the giant eyeball, and you're like, oh god, loved it, dude. Rats in an eyeball is literally now the thing of my nightmares. Whenever anyone asks me, it, it I didn't know that that was going to be as powerful <laughs> to me as possible. Uh, okay. I loved it as well, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I I loved it. I was so I, like it, it is it rare, was for, disgusting. It's rare for me to 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 make a movement when I'm watching a movie. I just like I focus in and I watch it. I'm pretty much a zombie. This movie, I started covering my face when she. I was like, come on, you're not going to get inside that eyeball. <laughs> 
you see the oh, roof wow. line up to it. Uh, yep. you turn it, you're like, yeah, check out that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah. Here it comes. Uh, so Starro goes down, and I guess all the humans that the Starro attached itself to are now dead, uh, which is crazy because that was a lot because <laughs> he's huge. Um, and uh, Suicide Squad's good. You know, like, we're happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, there's three people left, right? We have uh, two, two ladies and a dude. So that's cool that, like, we end on, you know, more female than male. And Weasel. Uh, oh, and, and Weasel and Shark, and right? Weasel. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get, I, I wasn't at the post-credits yet. Uh, but then we get to the post-credits. First post-credit shows that that uh, Weasel is alive. Okay. <laughs> so what? <laughs> you know, when you watch this, you're like, I don't think that thing knows what's happening at any time no. at all. So whatever. <laughs> They're just, like, pulling this animal with them. And I did think that was funny that they thought it was a werewolf. Which I think lets werewolves exist in DC, right? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, Probably cool. they got star starfish yeah. from space. So yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, and then the second post credit is letting us know that uh, Peacemaker is alive. And that fight scene, like Dylan said earlier, the the helmet fight scene where they zoom in on the reflection of that and it kind of goes around. I thought that was really really cool. I like the fact that Bloodsport. The way that we learned about him, it's uh, he's a mercenary who is deadly with anything in his hands, and his dad trained him to kill since birth. And then we meet, and then we meet Peacemaker, and he is deadly with anything in his hands. And his dad was a mercenary who trained him at birth. And then they have this ongoing thing where it's like, I'm better, and I'm better. And then you know they had that earlier conversation where uh, Bloodsport's like, all of my t- all of my shots go right in the middle. And then John Cena is like, well, mine go inside that because I have smaller bullets. Yeah, even that <laughs> comes back. back. Chris Harvey would have been proud if he would have watched yeah. this movie. Yeah, but that was—I mean—that was a callback and a half when yeah. when uh, Idris Elba's bullet goes through John Cena's mm-hmm. bullet and hits him in the neck. Shows he's, he's like, a better—he's a better fighter because he adjusted his thing after someone revealed their liability. That's true. He, he's he's the Tony Stark so far of of this universe. Um, but yeah, then he even says like, "Hey, smaller bullets," which I was like, "Oh." cool so cool yeah um <laughs> all right what, what do you want to talk about in wrapping this thing up like we, we're good here before we get to reels was there any scenes that we want to discuss anything that we missed uh oh the 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 rebels win even though they're only like five people <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm surprised i'm surprised they won since they didn't have anybody but yeah, yeah. They, they still won that's cool you, they only win until the cia gets down there because you know they're not done here yeah, um, and if you guys don't know, King Shark uh, was voiced by Sylvester Stallone, which is a very cool uh, <laughs> casting call, but was uh, the mocap suit was done by Steve Agee, who is uh, the glasses guy who works yep. for, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Viola Davis, which I thought was, was pretty interesting. In, was he in the first Suicide Squad? No. She kills the she kills her entire crew in okay. the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, I yeah. love Steve Agee. I think he's fucking hilarious and he was great in this movie yeah i was so very funny. excited to see him show up on the screen yeah and then to see looking at his mannerisms walking around as king shark you're like yeah i can see it it's so funny and obviously sean gunn who to me had the best cameo of this whole thing uh so sean gunn who is james gunn's brother uh he is uh the mocap suit for weasel he's also the mocap suit for rocket in the guardians movies um but there's a one weird scene in the very beginning where you see uh, uh, James Gunn or Sean Gunn as calendar man, he's like in the prison and he has like the calendar, you know, uh, January, February. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like you're going <laughs> to, like, what a weird cameo. And um, yeah, I guess that's, I don't think we missed anybody. 
uh, I, I thought that uh, Mei-Ling Ning as uh, Meng Gao was interesting. Um, I don't know why that character exists, but that's really cool. Uh, st- standout actor. Uh, yeah, Viola Davis did such a I, great job. I, She's I such think a that's B-word. unfair, though. <laughs> I, I don't think you could say Viola Davis is the best actor because she's the best actor in anything that she's like. So well, you gotta yeah. pick a number two. <laughs> I, I did think when when they were doing the uh when they were doing the Harley Quinn rescue sequence, um Idris Alba like sneaking across the street, like seeing Idris Alba, this serious actor, huge dude doing this little like cartoon sneak was so fucking funny to me i yeah. couldn't get over it yeah i agree and seeing them like with their like undershirts on and the helmet oh so funny i, I um <laughs> i will say Ratcatcher 2 daniela melchior it was her english debut so yeah. i think she knocked it i would never have guessed she knocked it out yeah. of the park yeah this is, her, this is her first uh, uh english movie and uh mm-hmm. she did a phenomenal job like you can tell that they just had such a passion for this because everyone just you could like Idris Elba even in the beginning when he's cleaning off the phones like I just buy it for some reason when he's looking around and I'm like dude you're you're in and if you're in I'm so in and every everything mm-hmm. about this movie is so so cool. Uh, Mr. Blaze had to dip out for a second. He's got uh, really important things to do. Obviously, uh, <laughs> we all have real worlds, uh, but he did <laughs> give this thing nine reels, uh, which is cool. Nine out of ten reels, and make sure you hop over to Cloud chronicles and check that out uh dude does some amazing interviews with some awesome people uh shout out to cloud chronicles go check that out mr jerry blaze awesome awesome dude um okay so let's do uh i, I guess our goodbyes and our uh uh, uh reels but uh before we, we go so spin the make, wheel too yeah i was gonna say before yeah, we go we, we got to talk about uh next week so monday is uh dylan Boom, his number three movie, which is did the, it on the first try. I know, I'm getting it now. Uh, so <laughs> Dylan's number three favorite movie, he calls it The Witch. I call it The Vivitch. Uh, I don't really care what Michael calls it, but it's probably The I Vivitch. I also as call well. it The Vivitch. Yeah, yeah, I thought so Vivitch. too. Uh, has uh, anyone seen this movie before? Dan, have you seen The, the Witch, The Vivitch? No, no, but I heard it. it was pretty scary, and I think it's rated R too. So mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna throw on the headphones and shut off the lights and see what happens. It's yeah, be it's a divisive a, episode. It's a, it's 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 a good <laughs> it's a good cool weird movie. But yeah, so that's Monday. Uh, so if you want to get caught up with us, make sure you check out the Vivich. Uh, I think you can watch that on. Uh, Showtime. 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 Yeah. So if you want to check that out and then pop in with us on Monday, we you can listen to how much we hate all of Dylan's movies. Uh, the yeah. the witches. That's true, man. It's the not witches for everybody. Not, it is not for everybody. It is a that's, weird that's, movie. Uh, but I'm excited jam. about it. Yeah, things that aren't for everybody is exactly my jam. And then, so next Friday, we were going to originally do Free Guy, but since it's a theater-only movie and we obviously want to keep everybody safe, uh, we don't want to make anybody go to theater who who doesn't want to. So we're going to do the real wheel instead. So, Mr. Dylan, please bring up this trashy wheel full of some garbage movies. Oh, yeah. You love it. Don't lie. No, Something I love good. it. Come on. All right. <laughs> so uh, we've got 16 wheels on the real, or 16 movies on the real wheel. Uh, what is Tank Man? Is that a real thing? Tank Man? I've never heard tank of that. Tank Man? I know Tank Girl. I don't know. It was a recommendation. Uh, so I'm going to spin this thing, and we're going to see what it lands on, and we have to uh, watch it and talk about it. I hope it's something bad. I hope it's Velocipaster. Like, Velocipaster would be fun. 
Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. All right. We're doing yeah. weird, we're doing John weird horror movie week this week. Yep. The cool. Vich and John dies at the end. We're gonna I'm be ready. I love oh. this movie and the book. Well, I love I the book. Didn't like, see either one of them. So I haven't yeah. read the book. I yeah, love I this book a lot, but the movie the movie does a decent job of putting the beginning of the book and the end of the book together into a movie. They skip the whole middle, but it still works as a movie. Yeah, cool. So if you want to check that out, that's going to be next Friday. Uh, John dies at the end. If you wanted to watch that, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's also free on Crackle. Uh, if you subscribe to that, you can pay two ninety nine and watch on YouTube. But so yeah, Monday, The Witch. Uh, Friday now John dies at the end thanks to the real will. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. DL Smokes, let's get some uh, some reels and goodbyes and where can people find you or hear you? Well, I'm gonna start off with my reels real quick. I'm gonna give this a six point five. Uh, you guys talked me up a half of a reel, so um, <laughs> it's just all the all the characters I wanted to see in this movie died like within the first ten minutes. And that really brought me down. It did have some funny parts, and the action was good too. But is I was very I don't know, the characters. It brought me the characters are bringing it down a little bit. But you can catch me at Oops Caught Me Smoking uh, every Saturday night live, and bet that with Dan and Jerrion every Thursday night at nine o'clock live and here live. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you, sir. 6.5 out of 10 reels. All right. I'm in. Uh, Mr. Dylan, looks like you're up next. Yeah. Um, I had a great time seeing this movie. I probably would have really liked it if even if I hadn't gone to the theater and watched it. We were, you know, it's a relatively safe spot to go to a theater out here. But um, I'm giving this like a nine. Um, I think part of that is still initial reaction because we saw it yesterday. But um, it's just such a breath of fresh air for a genre that I really I, – I like superhero stuff well enough. It's a shame that I always have to be like, yeah, the Marvel thing was good. So it's nice to see something that's so different. Um, so, yeah, nine, 9 out of 10 for me. And nice. um, find me at some nobody stuff end here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, true. that's all I got. Yeah. Find me right here. Oh, wait. No, Michael, wait. Um, <laughs> go read Apostrophe's uh, magazine. It's digital only. I have some articles that show up there every month. You can find issue two is out now, and I think issue three should be coming out anytime now in August. Yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that's, that's ran by Fred Carroll, correct? Yes, Fred yeah. Carroll. Yeah, real cool thing. Check that out. Poke it out, Michael. Cool. Um, I'm giving this thing a nine. I, I have a thing for like obscure characters. And James Gunn does such a great job of making these characters like into characters. Um, doesn't shy away from that horrific violence. Um, it, I just, I couldn't have had a better time with this because uh, the Marvel stuff has become so like homogenized. Mm -hmm. It's all just the same thing over and over again. So anything that's different has some fun characters, has some funny writing, has some horrible you know, horrific violence. I'm in for it. Uh, I, I thought this movie was, you know, probably my second favorite superhero movie. Um, so mm. yeah, I, I give this thing a nine and it almost got a 10, but there is some stuff that wasn't, you know, perfect. So it gets a nine. Um, just follow me on Twitter at my neighbor, M I C H one. I post all the stuff that I do on there 
and instead of you know going on for 10 minutes about all the podcasts i'm on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on uh yeah so uh make sure you go over to generation clash and check out michael over there it's a great thing he also has got jack billing presents uh my neighbor michael uh he also can be heard on silicon angels uh season two which is not out yet but it will be eventually that's fair uh i already <laughs> forgot all of uh michael's you can also see michael every wednesday uh on no time to binge which is a really weird new show where we just watch the first and last episodes of some and kind of figure out what happens in the middle uh you can also find michael uh roaming around the backs of most walmarts looking for cardboard for recycling and cans to crush uh also weird small animals to throw things at i'm uh, because not paying you for this zach if that's what you're aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll just see <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you can find me and Dylan and all the weird stuff that, uh, that he writes and makes uh, over at somenobodies.com. We have weird shows on Tuesday called Twitching Upstream. Obviously, No Time to Binge on uh, Wednesdays. And The Real Boys, which is one of our favorite shows every Monday and Friday, where we just really discuss terrible movies that our friends like and great movies that we like. Uh, but until next time, guys, we appreciate you paying any attention to us whatsoever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we cannot do this, or we wouldn't do this if you didn't listen, so thank you. And uh, until next week, guys, you got to keep it real. Yeah. All right. Fine. Whatever. Keeps it real. Drop, drop these. Everybody drop, 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 drop these. Everybody drop, 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 drop these. Everybody drop, 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 drop these. Everybody. Ah, he wants to go off road. That you when you got the lamp. No, he was right on my ass, man. Who wrote this? I did. Ask him if you got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? Make me quick. Make me quick. What's up, man? About to catch a fade, huh? Drop, 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 drop,